Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. Thanks for tuning into this podcast, and I hope you enjoy the Torah classes in it. Now, on to the episode. Today's Amun Masachis Brachas is Lamed Hey Amud Beis. As is Hashem, we're starting about 10 lines from the top of Lamed Hey Amud Beis. We're going to have three sections in today's learning. The first section we begin with talks about fulfilling the Ritzon Hashem versus not and the contrast or the lifestyle of working and learning. So the Gemara tells us that when we, when we fulfill Hashem's will, Hashem gives us the grain. He makes it our grain. Degoncha. Degoncha. When we don't fulfill Ritzon Hashem, so it's Degoni, it's Hashem's grain. As if we don't, we don't, it's not ours, we don't deserve it. And we have a fascinating machlaikis. Rabbi Yishmael's position is Torah should be conducted, Torah study, along with derech It means in order that we don't become poor and suffer from poverty, we should learn Torah, but also we have to work to support ourselves. Rishon Bar Yochai says that actually the way we resolve this, contra- this seeming contradiction in the Psukim is when we're doing Hashem's Ratzon, other people will work for us, we'll be able to study Lo Yamur Sefer HaTorah all day. If we're not doing Ratzon Hashem, so then we will end up working and not only for ourselves, but the Gemara says even seemingly a third level is even we'll have to work for other people, take care of their work as well, which is because we're not doing Ratzon Hashem. Abayi says, many people were successful who followed Rabbi Yishmael's approach, but those who tried to do Rabbi Yishmael by Yechai's approach, many were not successful. Maybe a, a select few can live on such a level. And Rava told the rabbis to do the work that they need to in their fields in Nisan and Tishrei so they wouldn't be busy all year with their agricultural labor. And the Gemara just concludes this section by telling us two differences between earlier and later generations. The earlier generations understood the primacy of Torah and work was secondary to that and therefore they were successful in both endeavors. The later generations made their work primary and therefore they were unsuccessful in both endeavors. And secondly, the earlier generations desired to obligate themselves in Meister so they'd bring their untithed produce through the front gate, making themselves chayev immediately. Whereas the later generations tried to find a loophole, they brought it through other locations, the roofs, etc., in order to exempt themselves of Meister, showing their lack of as much significance like the earlier generations of fulfilling of the mitzvahs. Moving on to the second section now. The Mishnah told us, that wine is unique, that we don't make ha'etz on it like other fruits, but rather we say bari priya ha'etz. Now the Gemara understands both wine and oil are considered an elevation and status over the original fruit. However, there's no unique bracha established for oil, as we'll see later, Shmon or Yochanan say, you still say bari priya ha'etz if you drink it. So what's the difference? The Gemara explains the difference. It's not, Although we could phrase a bracha for oil, like we could phrase a bracha for wine, a unique bracha over ha'etz, as well as the fact that oil is considered zayin, it's considered as sustains. However, the difference is wine satisfies, it's sa'id. Oil doesn't sa'id, it doesn't have that character trait of being sa'id, that it satisfies. The Gemara says, if that's true, why don't you make birkas hamazon after drinking wine? And the Gemara explains, because we're not kovea se'uda on wine. Whereas what if somebody is kovea se'uda? So we say, bat kaladam. If Elio will come in the future and say, then you would make a Birka Samazan, so we will. But until then, such a person who does that will have to nullify his das to everyone else, and he wouldn't say Birka Samazan. 
Moving on to the third section. Shmuel and Rabbi Yochanan both said that you say Bori Priya Eitz on olive oil. So the Gemara tries to understand what circumstance would you make a Bori Priya Eitz when you consume olive oil. Can't be where you're drinking it straight because that would be considered damaging. Apparently it's not a healthy thing. And therefore, it wouldn't, you wouldn't make a bracha in that circumstance if you just drink olive oil straight. It can't be where you're spreading it on bread because then the bread would be the ikker and you just make hamotzi and there wouldn't be a bracha at all on the olive oil. So turning to Lamed Vav Mudalef, rather, it's a scenario where you're drinking it with beet juice, a negron, and your throat hurts. So therefore, you need the olive oil for medicinal purposes. The olive oil becomes the ichor because since you're using it for the hurting throat, you'll add a lot of it. This is how Rashi learns. It becomes the ichor, and the Chiddush of Shmoner and Yochanan is, even though it's for medicinal purposes, Nonetheless, you're still going to say a bracha because it tastes good and you're benefiting from it in this scenario. Memela, meaning since because that nigrun tastes good. But the point is that the that you still make a bracha even though it's for medicinal purposes. So Taisus points out it would emerge then when you're taking something for medicinal purposes, but it tastes good, you would make a bracha even though it's for medicinal purposes. Certainly, though, if it doesn't, you wouldn't make a bracha. And in such a scenario where you're consuming it again with a negron, but you make it a majority because your throat hurts and it apparently has this medicinal benefit, it constitutes the ikra. You make a bracha because it tastes good. And that would be the case that Shmon Rabbi Yochanan said you make a bori pro on olive oil. We're stopping here towards the top of Lamed Vav Mudalef, Ezra's Hashem. We'll pick up tomorrow with Lamed Vav Mudalef. In the meantime, everyone have a wonderful day.